Fast Growth Business is brought to you by IP Tax Solutions, the innovation tax specialists. Hello and welcome to this first edition of the Fast Growth Business Podcast. My name is Steve Livingston and in this podcast we're going to aim to provide business tips, information and insights for UK entrepreneurs looking to build fast growth businesses. So even if you're startup stage, growth stage or exit, hopefully there'll be something in here for you. Uh, the plan is really to have interviews with entrepreneurs, so the guys who are in the sort of same driving seat as you, and also uh, including support services, so be it kind of lawyers, accountants, VCs, anyone else who can make your journey that bit easier in terms of getting where you want to get to. We would like to make this as interactive as possible, so if you could drop us a line, um, say hi on Twitter, at IPTAT Solutions, that'd be great, and also any questions you've got, uh, feedback, all most welcome. You could use a hashtag FGB podcast, so Fast Growth Business Podcast for short, hashtag FGB podcast. Again, that would be really, really useful, and we can sort of round up all the relevant tweets there. We'll move on in a second to our first guest, uh, please say, uh, is Richard Mills, CEO and founder of Sleep Cogni. Uh, he's just launched a uh, Kickstarter round, so he can talk through some of that, which is very, very useful information, and onto that in a second. Before we go any further, we should introduce ourselves, being as it's the first podcast. Won't say this in future podcasts, so you only have to bear with me for this first one. Um, I head up a firm called IP Tax Solutions. We are innovation tax specialists. What does that mean? Well, it basically means that we help companies that are making things, the makers. Uh, we sometimes call them clever companies. So probably a lot like you guys who are listening, entrepreneurs who are founding businesses that are going to make a difference. So you could be inventing new products. You could be developing new software, um, trying to just push the boundary a little bit further in terms of what's out there in the marketplace. Um, so we help with things like um, SEIS and EIS in terms of the tax structuring. Uh, we actually got a separate podcast on that specifically dedicated to uh, SES and EIS. It's called Get Funded. So you might want to head over to iTunes and find that and subscribe. Uh, tidbits of information there about the sorts of things you need to look out for. The core part of our work is R&D tax credits, R&D tax relief. And we have a superb track record in helping companies access, navigate, make the most of that very, very valuable tax relief. Again, whole range of clients, but lots in the software digital sort of sector. Um, so again, um, if you can check us out there and again, reach out to us at IP Tax Solutions or get onto our website, iptaxsolutions.go.uk. Uh, we also did work in areas such as the patent box, uh, video games tax relief and other creative tax reliefs that are out there. So that's enough about us. This is really aimed at you guys and helping you build your business. Um, one area we wanted to also have in each episode is a kind of a, um, a piece of technology or a reference point that might be useful for you in terms of uh, building a company. This week, it's a website, very straightforward. Um, but what it does is it's the company's house website, which allows you to access information on all companies throughout the UK. So financial information, accounts, annual returns, etc. Now you've been able to do this for a while, uh, but you've had to pay for it. But as part of the open data kind of process of trying to open up uh, government data, uh, the company's house has got a new website, which allows you to go on there and access all information. So it might be say for your customers or suppliers or even competitors. You can go on there and you can get their annual accounts returns and other PDF documents which have been uploaded completely free of charge. So it's a really useful resource. It's only recently been launched and the clues in the title. So the website is um, 
beta b-e-t-a dot companieshouse.gov.uk beta dot companieshouse.gov.uk i'll put a link in the show notes but again if you google that you should find it um and it's quite a clean nice website uh very fast and gets you the information you need okay so we should now dive into today's interview with richard mills Okay, so I'm delighted to have Richard Mills on the line with me today. Richard has just launched an exciting new product uh, in the sleep industry, and he has launched it using Kickstarter. So it's quite useful, I thought, to discuss his journey so far in both setting up his company and launching this product and using Kickstarter. So Richard, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Um, Hi, I'm Richard Mills. I'm the CEO of Sleep Cogni. Um, We've just launched our bedside sleep device on Kickstarter um, two weeks ago, and uh, we're currently live trying to get people to pledge to buy our sleep device that helps people sleep. Brilliant. And in terms of the actual product itself, give us a bit more of a flavor about what it is and how it works. Yeah, so so basically, um, my brain as an inventor and as a product developer kicked in from being an insomniac myself, so suffering from insomnia for so many years. Um, scouring the market for technology offering and uh, going to the doctors and and talking about things like uh, sleep hygiene and CBT and all different ways of dealing with sleep um, led me with partial partial, um, success on um, on multiple different ways, but never really helped me sort my problem out. And a lot of the technology, because I'm a bit of a technologist, it's um, a lot of the technology that's out there currently just monitors the bedroom or monitors the environment, how hot, how cold or whatever it is. It doesn't really actually help you fall asleep. And I wanted to develop a product that actually helped people fall asleep. And, and we're working with some scientists and clinicians in doing that. And, and it's been very successful so far. Brilliant. And how does that differ to the sorts of things we're seeing like with apps, etc., you can use? Yeah, I think apps and technology, obviously, the thing is, it's it's all online. And, and obviously, blue light is the main thing that stimulates and suppresses melatonin, which stops you from actually falling asleep. So when you're seeing the blue screen of your TV or your laptop or your phone, it's actually telling your circadian rhythm that it's morning and you should be out there hunting or, you know, up and alert where obviously you want the opposite effect of that. And what we've developed in our science and technology is the reversing effects of blue light. So we're actually saying to your body, giving it sleep cues to actually fall asleep. And and what does it actually entail? So is that actual a product that sits beside you in the bed when you go to sleep or what yeah, actually work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a bedside device. You just, um, it's, it's got light and sound and um, other senses in there. And it's basically just winding your senses down to make you sleep ready. So there's some LEDs in there that get dimmer and dimmer. And it's basically powered from your heart rate. It's listening to your body and your state of um, mind and physiological effects and then reacting to how you are. So the more you become tired, the, the less and less it, it happens on the device as well, giving you sleep cues to basically fall asleep then it just sits over you in, in, in from your bedside cabinet and uh, you can check out the video on the Kickstarter page. Brilliant. I'll come to Kickstarter in a moment. So it's great. So you're an inventor, you have ideas, um, and we've discussed other things you've done in the past as well. Um, so how did you get this off the ground? How did you get your prototype made? What was your process there? Yeah, well, um, obviously I've, I've done it before, so it makes things a lot easier. I, th- I think that's the good thing about having an experience product developer or inventor or anything like that, the more times you do it, the better you get at it as well. And you learn the little shortcuts and costly mistakes that you did. So um, being able to do it on a minimal budget and uh, with limited time, 
uh, you're able to develop the business plan and, and this just took a life of its own. I think that is what happens with most small projects. You you come up with an idea and as you build the business case and the, the business plan around it, it starts to take its own life and, and certain answers come out really. Brilliant. That's great. And then in terms of actually getting, the, what came first? So you had a, a product or a prototype you could build yourself and mm. then I guess you then moved on. Did you start building the team and getting the scientists involved at that stage? Yeah, so basically you've got to go out there and convince them that you think it's a good product and a good idea. And it's obviously only as important, you know, or, or as good as the team that you involve. So yeah. my first port of call was to, um, through LinkedIn, you know, as many of us made that initial introduction, has found the world's uh, leading sleep expert, Dr. Rashad Abraham from Harley Street. Um, he's a world-renowned sleep doctor. He's got offices in Dubai, South Africa, and, and the Edinburgh Sleep Clinic, as well as the one on Harley Street. And I thought, hey, can I come and talk to you about this product and just tell you what my theory is about making people fall to sleep and helping them in that way? Um, and, you know, he backed me within 15 minutes. He, and that's by LinkedIn? It's <laughs> by LinkedIn, isn't it? Great. I, great. Actually, I found him through, obviously, press, but then actually found him through LinkedIn as a business contact on there and just said, hey, can I come and have a coffee with you, uh, you know, next time I'm in London? Excellent stuff. That's brilliant. And then in terms of um, funding, I think you mentioned Kickstarter, but initially you, you've, you've obviously had to build out the product. Did you use something like CDIS or something like that to get it off the ground? Yeah, the, uh, the first thing, obviously, from previous uh, uh, fundraising that I've done is when you're finding uh, the early stage friends and family uh, type investment to, to fund, you know, development of your early stage prototype and business, um, SEI is perfect because obviously it offers a uh, great tax advantage to friends and family, if you like, investing at a very early stage. Um, and, and I got it pre-approved for that. So basically, the people like Dr. Urshad Abraham and, and Martin Ware, who's from Human League and, you know, Heaven 17, um, I, I was able to approach these guys and say, look, you know, not only can you make a difference in product development and helping us develop the company, but also you can invest some cash and, and, and get great tax advantages from it as well. Fantastic. And then, so where did Kickstarter come into this? What made you go for that? Yeah, well, again, um, I think the problem is for a lot of entrepreneurs and product developers is they, they don't just honestly don't know how great or how bad or, or how good the, the product may be and how well it will be received by the general public or their, their targeted consumers. Um, so Kickstarter is a brilliant opportunity to, you know, crowdfunding around the world is seen as a great vehicle for people like ourselves that have got an idea. It's an early stage development and people are willing to pledge on early development that they might not actually get the product till three or six months further down the line, but they'll invest in you and then the company and the team. And are they in, and via Kickstarter, is it more about the, the getting kind of early stage products as opposed to equity via Kickstarter? Yeah, well, there's two two forms of crowdfunding. There's equity funding and then there's pledge funding, which is pledge funding is Kickstarter and Indiegogo typically. And then there's uh, equity funding like Cedars and Crowdcube, where you'll give a percentage of your business away. But in Kickstarter and Indiegogo, you're just basically selling them a, a, a product at a huge discount than what you would aim to sell it as a retail product for them being such early backers. Good. And in terms of your experience so far with Kickstarter, has, has it been a good experience in terms of getting it set up on there? Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. You know, um, I wasn't about smashing huge figures or anything like that on, on Kickstarter. I think it's wrong if you go in there suddenly thinking you're going to get a million pounds worth of sales. It's really about early validation of your business that helps us go on to the next stage of attracting investors 
um, under EIS, uh, we hope, although we've still got some SEIS um, money to still to spend for tax advantages for high worse. But we want to build a stronger picture about our company and the need of our product and that we understand what our product actually wants to do. And so we can tell investors in a more informed way of what they're investing in and how we can give them a return. That's brilliant. It's a great way of product viability, isn't it, really, in terms of working out your best direction as well with the market? Yeah, and there's other multiple things, to be honest, as well. It helps you focus because you've got deadlines in terms of building a business plan. A business plan is great. It puts the numbers down there. It tells about what you're going to do in the company. But actually, Kickstarter or any sort of crowdfunding platform if you look at the video at the beginning, it tells you the whole journey in four minutes. So it's like the helicopter view that you should always give to investors, uh, you know, wrapped up into a video. It's, it's a brilliant medium for investors to have a quick look and see if they're interested as well. And what are your views on IP and IP protection? Again, a lot of people worry too much about the, the IP side. Obviously, you can protect it and put your patents in place and get those in, in action before you go to Kickstarter, which is what we did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you could do all of that side. But Kickstarter is about community, and, and that's the biggest thing. You know, if you've got a competitor that's, you know, a big global player that could wipe you out overnight, you're still always going to have a global player that could wipe you out overnight. Yeah, yeah. But the, the reality is with crowdfunding is you've got the, the, the security of the bigger crowd and you've got early adopters and you've got people wanting to back you and pledge against you. So you've got a, a customer database already there, which obviously the bigger competitors don't necessarily have. You, it's an opportunity to get a, a good sort of um, crowd of raving funds, really, isn't it? They're going to support you throughout the way. Absolutely. They're not just there to buy the product. They're there to help you and, and, and hopefully see you succeed as well. So you've got a, an evangelistical army behind you in terms yeah. of your product as well. So, you know, it, it's, it's, there's multiple reasons why you do Kickstarter Brilliant. or any type of crowdfunding. That's great. Excellent. Well, Richard, that's been really helpful um, and great to see you making progress with this product. It looks excellent. Is there? Can you just give us a bit of background on where people can find it on Kickstarter, on your website, etc.? Yeah, well, if they just type in Sleep Cogni, um, and they can have a look on our website and that leads them to the Kickstarter page or just go Kickstarter Sleep Cogni and that'll bring up the campaign on there so they can check out how we built it, how we put it together, what type of information we've included that might give them some ideas of how to create their own campaign as well. Um, and I say, you know, there's nothing guaranteed on Kickstarter, but if you look at it, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of dedication. Um, but if you live and learn from it and, and all of that side, it's very, very rewarding as well. Brilliant. That's been great. Thanks very much, Richard. Cheers. Thank you, Sue. Cheers. Many thanks again to Richard for taking part in that interview. I hope you found it useful, particularly the areas around Kickstarter. I thought it was really useful in terms of the benefits that that approach can bring. Um, We've got plenty more coming your way. If you'd like to take part in uh, an interview um, and on the show, get yourself on the show, please reach out. Again, probably the best way is via Twitter. So at IP Tax Solutions or alternatively use the hashtag FGB podcast. Um, if you want to get over, over to iTunes as well, you can subscribe and get future episodes sent directly to you. And also if you leave some feedback there, that's always good. Um, uh, a rating always helps it get found by other entrepreneurs. So if you can get involved there, that would also be great. So that wraps it up for this first episode. I hope you found it useful. Until next time, thanks for listening. Fast Growth Business is brought to you by IP Tax Solutions, the innovation tax specialists.